Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, we are back with another episode. I am so excited to have Tyler Robertson with Diesel Laptops with me today. Uh, If you listened to the last episode, you got to get uh, you, you got to hear and experience a little bit of, uh, I guess, my impromptu skills. What do they call it? Improv skills. And we flipped the script. We're doing that again. Tyler's prepared a little bit, but we are going to just roll into it like we did last episode. And my first question for you, Tyler, right out the gate, hopefully it's not too hard. What is your why? Yeah, you know, that's a great first question, man. It usually takes a couple questions to get into that. And I'm going to give a sorry, a little bit of a long answer here because that answer has changed. It's changed for me. So seven years ago when I quit my job, my why was to put food on the table and a roof over my kids' heads. My wife didn't work. I had a one-year-old, a three-year-old. That was why I did it. And I wanted to do my own thing, right? So that was then. And then, then it started to get better. The company was starting to grow and go good. And I was like, man, I wonder... I mean, can I, can I grow this into a business? And I moved out of the garage and dining table. I hired people and, and things started to go. And I was like, okay, I'm building a business here. And it's a profitable business. I'm cash flowing it. And I was like, man, I, I wonder now, can I, can I make this actually like even a bigger thing, like a real company, like not just a couple of people in the back of a photography studio. Cause that's, that's, that's where our first office was an old photography studio. Can we do more? And I can say today we have over 200 employees we do over 70 million in revenue. We've been profitable. We've cash flowed the whole thing and things have gone really, really well. But even now my why's changed again. And my why now is I want to go change an industry. And I, I think there's very few people that have the fortunate position to have ideas. They have the, the reputation. They have the resources to go change the way their entire industry works. And I really feel that Diesel Laptops has that opportunity. So now that's why I do this. That's why I wake up every morning because we feel that we have the chance to go positively impact an industry that really needs a lot of help. I love that. And I love that you're introspective enough to recognize that, you know, your why can change and that that's okay. Right. And that it was, you know, results, very results driven at a certain point in time. And now it's a little bit more, dare I say, philanthropic to like, you know, that's a big endeavor to change an industry where go ahead. I was going to say it, it, it is. And it, it's, People a lot of times don't get that question, but the part that they don't, they need to understand is until you know why you. Right. Um, you had said, right. We were kind of branching off how this industry really kind of needs a shift and kind of where that came, like where the passion came for you to feel like this is my new why. Yeah. So I realized me not knowing why I was doing this wasn't allowing to make the right long-term decisions on things, right? So if my why is I want to grow a business and give it to my kids, I'm probably going to make much different decisions than I want to go change an industry. Because to go do that, I need to bring in senior executives, give equity in the company, maybe go raise capital. That's different than I'm going to grow a business and, and hand it to my kids one day. So those are the things that we started to really realize when we reflected was, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And where are we going? And we didn't have a clear plan for a couple of years. And I can say a couple of years ago, we did finally start putting that plan together and it's been executing it ever since. I love that. I, I too, like, so 
to say my why is to build something and leave a legacy for my children versus changing an industry. What the similarities are is we're still impacting people, right? And we're still impacting people we genuinely care about, right? You, of course, care about your kids, but you also have the passion for this industry and you care for the people within it. How much does that how much is that like realized for you and how much do you believe that through your internal marketing and your external marketing so that people get that that it's not just a business and hey we make money and we sell these things like how do you make sure people feel that yeah so we say that with our actions right and the way you do that in at least in our industry is if we say we're here to help you it means we're going to do things to help you. So we do a lot of things that a lot of people look at and make no sense. So for example, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars developing a piece of software that we could go sell in the marketplace. And in our case, we said, you know what? It'd be better if that was just free and everybody could have access to it because at least they can do the basic 101 stuff. The world would be a better place to do that. Yeah, it'll be a lead gen. It gets them in an ecosystem. And there's a lot of other reasons to do those things, but it goes beyond developing the product. So for example, we just completed our third year of this annual expo we do and we made it a virtual expo COVID happened everyone locked down real world conventions and expo stopped and we said you know what what this industry really needs is they still need help they still need knowledge let's go put together an expo but let's make it absolutely free for everybody and let's bring in a lot of great guest speakers let's go bring in a lot of trainers let's go bring in a lot of industry experts and make it this big thing and i can tell you three years into it our traffic's doubled every single year and it's getting picked up more and more and more. We get more and more vendors showing up and all these things. And everything we do is just provide value to the customers, position ourselves as the expert in our space, help them out. And when they need help, I know I'm gonna be the first phone call or first name that pops in their head. And I know that strategy is working because I can look at things like Google. And I can say five years ago, people were not Googling diesel laptops. They were Googling the products that we sell. Today it's completely flipped. Most of our traffic now, and we have more traffic than we did years ago, comes from people searching our brand names. And we have our competitors trying to grab our brand names on their landing pages and doing things like that. But I know it's because the market trusts me, they like what we do, they respond to our products and services. And to me, I just know that puts us on the right path towards positioning ourselves in that way. I love that. So tell me more about the product, right? And actually start with the 101 level, because I love, right, that, kind of givers gain mentality of like, well, we have a service instead of making, I, I mean, maybe I misheard you. It sounds like there's a, almost a free entry level kind of way to get in. And then there's add-ons. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So what we want to do, I'll start with actually not the product. I'll start with the problem. And the problem is let's just talk about commercial trucks, commercial trucks. Everyone sees them. I don't think people knew how important they were until COVID happened, but commercial trucks haul everything. Right. And at the end of the day, they got very complicated really quick. And the government put emission requirements on them. Everything used to be mechanical, now it's computers. So now these semi-trucks that cost $200,000, they're basically big computers on wheels driving up and down the road. And what that means is these technicians that used to be able to like look at something or hear it and be like, oh, I can hear it, it's got an engine miss. You, you can't do those things anymore. You have to have diagnostic tools to hook up to them to know what's going on. And what we found out really quickly is that's what people were asking for was they were wanting a tool. But what we quickly realized, it wasn't enough. It wasn't even close. We were giving them a tool, but they didn't know how to use the tool and they didn't know how to troubleshoot properly because the people that make the trucks aren't given training to independent repair shops. That's not their job. So they didn't know how to fix them. 
They didn't have access to repair information. There's a whole right to repair thing going on in our space as well, where all the people that make trucks and the dealers, they don't want to give that information to anybody else. So mm -hmm. there's that, that grant against them. And then you have the whole blue collar problem where there's a shortage of diesel techs in the world. And there's actually over 80,000 open jobs for diesel techs today. And wow. you, have, you have all these problems going on. And what it meant was nobody knew how to fix anything. They know they needed tools. They didn't have access to knowledge. They didn't have access to the diesel technicians. They didn't have access to training. So we came along and said, hey, look, we're not only gonna give you a tool, we're gonna give you training on the tool. We're gonna give you training on how to actually diagnose trucks, whether you have my tool or not. I'm gonna give you a call center staff with diesel techs to help you fix trucks over the internet and over the phone remotely. And we're gonna we're gonna give build repair information and parts information. And we're gonna make it so that you can diagnose anything you want quickly and easily and by the way we're always here to help you if you need anything and that's what customers wanted they didn't want just the tool they wanted a solution to their problem and that's really what we brought to the marketplace so those solutions range anywhere from ten thousand dollar professional tools down to like three hundred dollar tools you can use with a, your mobile device your iphone or your android device so for us it's created a bunch of products in a category but all have that same principle of you're buying more than just a tool you're buying a solution to your problem I love that. How quickly within diesel laptops, you know, time, did you recognize that shift that needed to happen? Was it pretty early on? It, it was super early. So kind of the backstory here is I started my company almost seven years ago, a little over seven years ago. And before that, though, I was doing it part time. And I was providing to customers a, a tool, a package that allowed them to hook up and get the fault codes off their vehicle. And I thought that was the problem I was solving. But what I quickly found out is customers had two problems. One, they couldn't connect to the vehicle because they had some issues. They didn't know how to troubleshoot them. And two, if they got connected, they got the fault codes. And they'd be like, well, what do I do now? now what? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, and I, I had the background, that experience. I'm helping people over the phone fix their problems. And, oh, you got this code. Let me look it up. I know how to do this. I, my, my background's truck repair. Let me, let me help you. Here's what you do. Check this, check that. And they were happy. But you do that, and they call you every time. So all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm sold on the tool. Now I'm helping these people forever. This sucks. I got to figure this out if I want to stay in business. Like, it's not sustainable. So I said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have a software program built that tells people how to fix every fault code that exists for every commercial truck ever made. And, and people looked at me and like, we're tired. That's stupid. That's an idiotic thing. They're doing fault codes there are. That's impossible. And it wasn't impossible. It took about a year. And I was then able to give a customer, hey, here's the product. Here's the thing on how to fix all the codes. You don't need to call me anymore. You know, but what we learned through that is they just started asking for more. Well, now I got that. I want a wiring diagram. I want a labor time guide. I want to talk to a diesel tech. I want, you know, they think they want more and more. And you start to realize when you take a step back, it's no different than anything else any of us ever attempt to do or fix. We go on the internet, we try to find resources, we try to learn about it. We're trying to get all this information so we can fix our problem. And truck repair is no different. So that's really what it was, was those first couple of customers that we were just, I was just trying to help and I was listening to my clients. And I think a lot of people ask, where do all your ideas come from? We just listen to our customers. What do they complain about? What do they need help with? And that's where we go put solutions in. I love it. So one of the chat, like, I know I kicked us off with maybe a challenging question, but you, you did well. One of the maybe more challenging question I like to ask is, it's a bit of an exercise. So, um, you touched on it earlier, right? So profit, revenue, right? That is not a why typically, it's the result, right? Even, even when your why was put food on the table, right? There was still underlying 
underlying whys there. We just don't always get to tap into those early on because we're so focused on that on that that uh, result of the why. Now, right, we've gotten a little bit more into the philanthropic industry shifting why, but that still comes from a place of passion, right? And so my exercise is when we strip away the vehicle, right? And so for you, diesel laptops, creating the solution for diesel trucks. Um, when we strip that away, right? So like if a pizza company's why is to serve people, but I say pizza's banned, we can no longer have pizza ever again, right? They can still serve their why and they can still live their why, which is to serve people because they'll just find a new vehicle. Where, what is your passion when we strip away the diesel trucks and the diesel laptops? Yeah, man, man, go to like a layer deep past the why here. So I really, yeah. I really appreciate the question. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's, really, it's really two things, right? One's probably a little bit on the ego side of it. Like, hey, how many people have the opportunity to go go change the way an industry works, right? Like, I think that's my chance to make my little mark on the world to do that. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it really, though, is our space is so fragmented. It has so many problems. COVID just, it didn't cause them. It just showed them to everybody what all the issues are in her supply chain. And I know my little piece of it. I, I know what happens when a truck breaks. And I know how much time and money is wasted in that whole process yeah. and how it can be fixed if someone actually had some opportunity and some resources to go do it so it's really i think a combination of those two things of man i got my little bit of my ego over here i think i can you know put a big dent in the world and on the other side of it i think i can go help a lot of people and solve a lot of problems at the same time so it's yeah. really a combination of those two things if i had to boil it down yeah it seems like you're very um solution driven uh right? Not just solution driven, because right, you pro you provided the solution at one point, here's your fault code. But it was deeper than that, right? Your passion is, is truly giving people the tools to do it themselves. Yeah, 100%. It's empowering the people to allow yeah. them to do the things that they they, they want to do, right? And I'm, I, I'm the type of person, I never like it when someone tells me I can't do something, right? So as soon as I hear those words, I'm like, all right, challenge accepted. Let me go figure that out. And that, that's, I, I love getting that challenge from people. And that's what happens in our industry. So I mentioned right to repair earlier. That's a big thing in our space where you have the billion dollar truck manufacturer who makes stuff and then their dealer sells it. And then it goes out in the marketplace. And all of a sudden those customers have an issue with the product. And that manufacturer dealer is saying, well, you can only bring it to us. We're the only ones that can help you. And to me, that just grinds my gears. I'm like, come on, like, really, You're, you can't be the only one. People can't be, you know, beholden to that. Let's go make another alternative option for people to solve their problem besides what you're trying to tell them to do. Well, and you touched on a perfect word, right? You, your, your core, right? If we strip away diesel trucks, diesel laptops, if we strip away what you do at the root of it, you would find another way. I know I can tell from the passion that comes through just this interview today, you would find another way to empower people who have problems. Like that, you, you, your fuel comes from something there. Do you believe, like it's even with ego, right? Because how many people do we deal with when it comes to it? And, and I say ego, and I think there's such a negative connotation with that word. And I don't believe it has to be there. Um, but when we talk about empowering people, it's because oftentimes we want to feed our ego and be able to do something ourselves. And so you're, you're really doing that. 
Yeah, and I think you're, you're kind of narrowing down exactly what we've been doing since day one up through now. And it's every time we keep opening doors and we develop something, we see another problem. Like, oh, well, we can we can fix that thing too. Yes, we can make that thing a better thing. So it's gone beyond just you know the diesel engine. It's gone into whole this whole world of industry of truck parts and all the things and how things flow around. So there's a lot more to it than just hey, we're selling diagnostic tools. It's the ability for people to just save time through that whole process and take care of problems that they don't sometimes don't even know they have these problems, but we know they have these problems. So yeah, it's a fun, exciting time. And yeah, there's a lot of undercurrent there. And I think that's a, why a lot of people uh, follow us and, and do what we do. So like in our space, like we just did a customer testimonial and, and what they really loved is, hey, diesel laptops is helping make this place a better thing. My job, my business is better because of what diesel laptops did. And my customers are better off because I'm using diesel laptop products and services to do these things. And to us, I think that really fuels a lot of what goes around in here. And I know that's what a lot of our employees talk about is, we're really helping people solve a lot of problems. Yeah, and I think too, right? We said, I said it earlier, uh, kind of that giver's gain mentality. A lot of industries have a fear, uh, and I say industries, but I think a lot of businesses within several industries have a lot of fear that if they give away too much, even if they're selling it, then they're no longer, they're gonna, you know, sell themselves out of the job, right? Whereas what you've done is you've continued to evolve, you know, here's the solution right? But it didn't completely solve it. And so you were never, did you ever have fear that like, gosh, if we really let, give them the power to do this all on their own, are they going to need us? Did you ever feel that or? Yeah, I mean, we got, we got that problem right now. So <laughs> one, of the, one of the, well, to a degree. So for example, our best selling products are these $10,000 tools. And what we've come up with is a $350 tool. And these tools need their own hardware, they need a laptop and their expensive software licenses. And we're really reselling some of these things. But what we did in the meantime is we developed a tool for 350 bucks that works with your mobile device. And it allows you to do probably 80% of what you need to do. So now we're sitting here being like, okay, great. How, how do we go sell that without destroying our $10,000 sales that's driving all yeah. our company revenue over here? And you start running mm. into problems like that as you start developing cheaper solutions. And you're like, well, do I disrupt myself? Or do I, mm. do I wait? Or what do I, what do I do here? And we've, we're having that problem kind of across the board because now we have tools that are even like the three and four thousand dollar level that are really almost just as good as my ten thousand dollar tool. But so what, what do you what do you do? How do you not destroy your own revenue and and do these things? And I, I will say this in another regard: I tell all of our managers, all of our leaders, your job is to make yourself obsolete in your job. Like if you do that, where your department's running so well, you don't even need to be there. That is perfect. I will go find you another place in the company to go work because that's what all of us should be doing here across the company. And yeah, that's it's all another, that's yeah. another moment of empowering. That it, truly is. Cause you're like, that is, that is, do you know how much that bleeds to your company? I, I mean, we talk about it a lot, right? <laughs> we, we talk about ideas and solutions. It, it, it's, I think it's an important piece of who we are as a company, an important piece of our culture. I think yeah. it's, I think a lot of people in our company have, have seen that where they've been in great roles and they've basically got bored and I've said, great pat on the back. Here's a raise. Go, go do this other thing for me. Yeah, and we have a lot of, we have a lot of employees in our company that, I mean, they knew nothing about the roles they're in today and they're just great, really smart people that understand the market. They understand what things are looking for. They would never have actually gotten that job if they applied on their resume, but they absolutely kill it and do those things. So a lot of it's just believing in the people that you have underneath you. I mean, they don't have the background and experience you need. 
Yeah. And I truly, truly believe, I mean, there's so many ideas around hiring, right? Hire for the character, not the skill. Or some people are like hire the right person for the job versus hiring the right person and train for the job. There's so many, should I say competing thoughts around that? But I truly, um, you know, right, a little biased, but as a brand specialist and brand strategist, I truly believe that loyalty, client retention, um, employee retention, employee thriving all comes back to the brand. Truly it does. Um, and the more clarity you create around what that brand is, and I don't just mean what your logo looks like or, or you know, what people perceive a brand to be, but truly who we are and why we do what we do and how we do that through the, the, tr the vehicle, right? Diesel laptops here in this example, how we do that is what really fuels each and every person, whether they're internally part of us or externally as a client part of us. Um, I just think it's so funny because so many times we just go through our day to day, right? As business owners and as entrepreneurs, and we find something that's needed in the marketplace and we roll with it. And we're fueled by this thing that we often don't tap into enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with, with everything you're saying. And I, I know you're again, talking about like the product side of it. A lot of times we don't, when we, we see something that needs to get fixed, we don't sit there on a spreadsheet and start to figure out like, what's our total addressable market? How much margin can we make? What do we need to sell it? We don't do that. We just go to it and say, Hey, there's a problem there. I think we can build a solution for it. Let's just go do that and see what the market says. And you know, hopefully there's, there's been plenty of products that haven't worked out that we've shelved. Right. But you get the ones that come through that, that work out really well. But that's the exact mentality we want across the company. I don't, if a customer calls up complaining about a, you know, hey, you shipped me the wrong product. You know what? Great. Next to air the guy the right one and put a return label in there. Let's just take care of the customer. I know my customer base, it's not super huge. It's not like I got a bazillion diesel repair shops and I know my reputation is everything. So all my employees, and that's been one of the hardest things is getting them to understand, just take care of the customer. Don't worry about tripping over pennies. We're worried about hundred dollar bills over here. Just take care of the customer. And I know if we take care of the customers, we do the right things, treat them fairly. I know we're gonna have customers for life because frankly, it's what my most of my competitors are not doing. So we know to go the opposite direction. I love that. All right, well, I, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but tell me as a kind of a wrap up, who do you serve, right? What geographic area, national, is it you know, East Coast only? Tell me, tell me about that. And then tell me how, if anyone's listening, wants to learn more about diesel laptops or with you or, or you know needs your service tell me how we can reach you yeah i mean we're primarily north america that's just because north america model commercial trucks in this area but what we really focus on is efficiency solutions in diesel equipment repair so whether that's on highway or off highway we do both of them i know we talked mainly about trucks but off highway is even a bigger segment for us and we do that through training we do that through diagnostic tools repair information parts information a call center all these things to help empower people and diesellaptops.com if they want to learn more about everything we got going on here. And I really love LinkedIn. So people are free to hook me up, uh, hook up with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Tyler Robertson on there. Awesome. I love it. Well, I will make sure that in the show notes, we have the diesellaptops.com link so that people can find you really easily. And um, thank you again for coming on the show, Tyler. I appreciate you so much. Hey, no problem. Thanks for the invite. It's always a pleasure. All right, guys, until next time. Steph here. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.